A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, how to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. To the rock show, come on to the people's show, come on to the premiere show, SmackDown. It's the year. No, fuck. <laughs> Just had the cue. <laughs> it's a good start. It's a good start. Run the intro again. Come on to the rock show, come on to the people's show, come on to the premiere show, SmackDown. It's the 12th of October, the year of our Lord, 2000. Mariah Carey, featuring Westlife's Against All Odds, is still number one in the UK charts. Hanging on Radiohead, I'll talk over Tom. Tom will say something now. <laughs> hello. <laughs> Tom says hello. That's second in the UK charts at this period of history. Radiohead Kid A, his album about New York people, is number one in the UK album charts. Pokemon Gold and Silver is about to be released and take the world by storm. But more importantly, The Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, is number one in the UK <laughs> box office. Uh, a friend of my mum's took me and my brother out to see that one time when we were literally seeing every film we were able to watch as kids who this man was trying to impress because he couldn't afford WrestleMania 2000 for the Nintendo 64. And so I saw Nutty Professor 2, The Clumps, at the cinema. <laughs> I like the, uh, the the format for that film where they went, so people like Nutty Professor 2 because it was Eddie Murphy in a fat suit. So how can we improve that? Let's have more Eddie Murphys in more fat suits. That's the winner. That's the winner. Yeah, I have very little memory of it, of them being, yep. Yeah, that was a Thursday trip to the cinema, and I ate some popcorn. <laughs> I like the fact that they were going to make a cameo appearance in, I believe, Coming to America, the, sec- the sequel to Coming to America. We have already demanded that they release the clump cut. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> but that was all that was happening. Yes, very slow week for news, unless you want really depressing stuff. And we're not all about depressing. We're about pressing the issues here about what was happening in the year of our Lord 2000 during this happy time known as WWF SmackDown. And the only way you can find out about that and much, much more that you absolutely did not ask for is by listening to Dulcet Tones, myself, Mafu, and his lovely companion, Mr. Tom Campbell. Let's go over to his house and ask how he's doing. <laughs> Ding knock, dong. Knock, knock. Hello. Tom. <laughs> oh, hello. Not today. Not today. I'm busy. I've got, um, I've got the build around. <laughs> You can't come in. 
can't cover the painters in. I've got the no, uh, yes, that's what the ladies say for a thing. Um, I all is well, matey. Hello, nice to be here. It is swelteringly hot in the UK this week, which is always a nice thing. So, whilst we're doing this via Zoom, um, it looks like oh, he's quite well dressed. I'm not wearing any trousers whilst doing this, I'm literally dressed up nice from the waist up, and I've got underpants on the because it is too hot to even contemplate wearing jeans right now. So just just to give you an idea of of what lockdown Zoom life is like, <laughs> essentially, <laughs> I'm sat here looking nicely dressed from the waist up and I'm in me undercrackers on the waist down because it is very, very hot. Uh, other yeah. than that, not much to complain about. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great. I am not doing the De Niro in Casino look. <laughs> is that what it's officially called? Yeah, because there's a thing about the the dress sense in Casino and other Scorsese films. So there's a bit about like De Niro almost imitating being in power when he really isn't. So there's a scene where it's like, oh, so and so will come see you, and obviously he's got his. All right, cool. Uh, give him two minutes. He gets up and he's just in his boxes. Goes and put actually put his trousers on, knowing that I'll have to stand up for this meeting. <laughs> it's a it's, it's it's a strong look. It's a strong look. But hey, look, we're not here to talk about our underpants, are we? That's a different. We can talk about Casino if you like. I mean, God, mind talking about Casino. It's a great film. Or your pants. We could talk about them as well. Good film. The pants that you wore at the casino. Have you been to America before, Tom? <laughs> I've been to America loads of times. Bloody love oh, the America. Why? I've been to Florida with the family for family vacations uh, about 11 times. Uh, my folks love Florida. I'm pretty sure my mum and dad will move out there at some point. Um, been to New York twice. I like the pace of New York. Got to hang out with Broadway Bill Lee in New York, which is a bit of a, a radio hero of mine. Got to sit in on WCBS in the States. Liked it a lot. Um, what else from America have I been to? Where else? New Jersey. Been to New Jersey. But that's all. I desperately want to come and do more stuff. Now the world's opening up. My dream, Maff, my dream is to do uh, the classic review podcasts in front of an audience in the Ooh. States. That is the dream. Justin's not as on board, but he'll, he'll come round. Um, but definitely me and yourself doing a SmackDown review in front of confused wrestling fans at a WrestleCon that Conrad organises or something. That'd be yes. That'd be a lifelong dream. That would be. Condad. Condad. Big fan of the SmackDown podcast. You guys do. We could have Justin Henry on like on a watch or on a phone. <laughs> uh, like the ship's computer on Red Dwarf. Oh, that'd be amazing. Justin I'd... Henry, what did you think of this? All right, dudes. <laughs> John. <Love> earthquake. <laughs> I just I just think he, he is in terms of in terms of like his style and presentation, like J Justin and I make, have such wonderful magic together. Like he's got this such beautiful dry wit that that I, he kills me. He kills me, and I and I want more people to to know him and love him and and, and embrace him. But I know for a fact as a guy, like he's pretty reserved. He's just like, hey, I'm just happy doing doing this. I'm cool doing that. But um, I just think more the more people need to love Justin Henry the way that I do because I think he's ace and and yourself as well. But that goes. It's interrupt. <laughs> it's funny you say that because when we double or nothing weekend happened, which was two years ago, and we're in Vegas, and it was it was. 90% of the Russell Crap website. So Ardy Reynolds and I forget some of the other people. Blade was Blade, Blade was there because you yeah, guys Blade was there. I'm trying to remember the other names that were involved in it, but I, I can't remember off the top of my head. But they're all there. Apart from Justin Henry, 
he was doing the majority of the running of the site. So I thought, hey, let's ring him. So I remember like trying to either ring him or message him. And it was like, Justin, Justin, we're all here. Oh, that's great. We all think you suck. Oh. And we all laughed. Oh, come on. No, we're like, but you know, right? Because he's reserved. So it's like, yeah. He loved it. Really. Justin Henry doing HTML. Woohoo. Not like us real wrestling fans <laughs> reminiscing about Adam Bomb getting beaten at WrestleMania 10 with a horrible book. <laughs> So no, was, not, Henry, you be reserved as you can, Paul. I was very, I was very grateful for uh, Double or Nothing 2019 because all of you lot went to go and watch it, which which left space oh. in the office for me to squeeze my beefy ass into, and and look where we are now. <laughs> yeah. Had you not gone to Double or Nothing with the lads, had you all stayed home, <laughs> this wouldn't have happened. So I'm very grateful uh, for AEW for that reason, that and the checks they send me every week. Yes, of course, Tom going, B-team, B-team, go, go, go. Damn right. I was there waiting in the wings, waiting to burst out the traps as soon as you guys went to Vegas. Hey, here we go. The, the exactly. rest is history. Obviously, I can call you B-team because I'm the C-team, so it's all right. <laughs> no, nah, mate, we're and... B-team together. Oh, I'm all right with that, yeah. I, I'm, I've, I've always prided myself, prided myself on being cultaholic B-team, like always prided myself on being the periphery. But all that's happened now is that I've, I've managed to... F- to find a way into the machine and I'm bringing it down from within. So I'm really a B teamer <laughs> in disguise. <laughs> I like that you see that as yourself. I see myself as, all right, it, can Jack do it? No, Ross not available. No, <laughs> Sam, no, Andrew, no. That's a triple jump, don't watch wrestling. I don't care. No, they, they, they politely declined. Unless it's about, <laughs> here comes Emma the babe. Who does the editing. Yeah. <laughs> can we have cons- consumable Pete do it? What does it even work? <laughs> one of the mods. I don't think he is, no. All right, it's early builders across the street. Are they available to do? No, no, not even if it's about men at work. The WWE tag team from the mid nineties. Oh, all right. I guess we'll bring Mafu in. Unless Mister Everyone unless- groans like I know, I know. Oh, but he's got fans. You've got lots of fans, mate. It was messed up as him. We'll talk about your car or death theories now. I saw this. There, this on the day that we're recording. It's the anniversary oh. of the death of Shakara, kind of. Sort the first of. time. The first time. <laughs> I like the that first story. death because it's never been explained. They never went. All right, here's the shoot interview. Let's tell you what was happening. It's all been speculation. Shakara's like Scientology in the sense that they keep everything up the wraps and they'll kill you if you leave <laughs> and all these other things. And it's never been properly explained. So a few wrestlers are DMing me, going, "Oh." oh, oh, oh. And they don't oh, know just that. <laughs> yeah, I'm like wrapping my hands. Good, the bait works perfectly. And then they're telling me that they don't know anything either. I'm like, oh, all right. Well, if you guys don't know anything, you were there. So. But anyway, that was what's happening in the. That was the boring world of 2013. Ugh, that's disgusting. Rubbish. Ugh. <laughs> 13 years off. Why don't you reset the time compass and get ourselves back on track, Tom, with what was happening? according to the Wrestling Observer. So, uh, let's before we get into the rigors of this week's episode of the Classic Smackdown Review, where uh, Matthew Gregg will talk us through Smack of Downeth from this week in the year of our Lord 2000. Got a few notes from the wrestling world at large to share with you uh, before that. Uh, let's get to, to some WCW stuff. Uh, this comes from the Wrestling Observer. You say, due to the uncertainty among the talent, Terry Taylor called Brad Siegel from Australia. WCW currently in Australia, where they're having some fun. Whoa, is there a fun thing happening there more on that in a moment uh, but there was a press there was a call held with the talent uh, in australia uh, to basically reassure them and, and do some rumor killing uh, 
Terry Taylor told Brad Siegel. Uh, so Taylor said that Siegel had told him there were four companies looking to buy WCW. So those mentioned, including Mandalay Sports, uh, fronted by Eric Bischoff, that we uh, previously talked about. Also, companies from Japan, Germany, and France have shown an interest in buying mm. WCW. The WWF was never mentioned. Dave goes on to say, on the surface, with the start of the XFL in February, as well as starting up a new record label and other new divisions, it seems WWFE has enough on its plate without attempting to rebuild a faltering brand. <laughs> oh, no. They have too much going on. They, they'll probably stay away from WCW. I'm sure it will stay that way. Uh, Taylor has also said that Siegel said it was not a given that the company would even be sold, but they are entertaining offers. Kevin Nash was being a jokey boy throughout this entire meeting, saying that immediately, he, he noted immediately that the last time Siegel addressed rumors of an impending sale, he said the company was not for sale, basically ruining the credibility of everything that was said. So that, despite the fact they pulled this meeting together to, to set the record straight, the record certainly isn't straight. And there's so much, so much bad vibes and bad juju within the talent at the moment. It's hilarious. I'm sure a lovely tour of Australia will do wonders for WCW's public relations. <clears throat> In other news, womp womp. Sorry. <laughs> in other news, the status of uh, Juventud Guerrera in WCW oh. is in serious jeopardy following his arrest after an apparent drug-induced incident on the seventh of October at the Marriott Hotel in Brisbane, Australia. So, Matthew, you are a wrestling historian. Uh, do you you know what this story is about? Don't you? I'm not wrestling, sorry. I'm a wrestling dirt historian, so yes. <laughs> Rey Mysterio Jr. wrote about this in his autobiography, whatever thing it was. He alleges that maybe Uventu slipped something, some stuff, because it seems like I'm going to assume everybody else was doing stuff, and you can take whatever party stuff you can take. Wrestling, cool, yay. But whatever Uventu took completely messed him up. Uh, Ray and some of the luchadors were walking back to the hotel and Hoovy was just running his mouth, which sounds like something Hoovy would do. But he was just like, you guys don't even care if I live or die. We're all just dead anyway. And all this crazy stuff. It's like, what, what, are you, what are you talking about? So whatever he'd either taken or had been uh, put in his, uh, spiked, I think the expression is, um, really messed him up to the point where he then got naked and... I forget who called the police. I assume it was the Marriott Hotel. It was no, it was Terry Taylor. And this oh, is, Terry Taylor. This got WCW a lot of heat from the lads because a lot of people oh, said, why, didn't, why even... didn't WCW just sort of settle this on the quiet? Terry Taylor, who apparently they tried to control and, and subdue Juventud Guerrera, he wasn't having any of it. So Terry yeah. Taylor phoned the police on his talent. I can't believe Terry Taylor would be such a... Oh, wait, yeah. He's... <laughs> we, all, we all now know he was one of the people... Telling Dave Meltzer everything, um, as well as being a uh, what's a term? I guess if you're squawking to the to impact. A anyway, that, that's that's a thing from the, the decade ago. But, yeah, <laughs> Terry Taylor back. There, I can't believe it, but yeah, he did that. And yeah, the police showed up. Multiple police could not subdue him. Juventud struggled the entire time and broke, I believe, a female police officer's ribs, or he's one of the ribs, or injured them somehow, and. Despite all that, when it went to court or went to trial, I think it would have, he got off really light. He really did. And that's down all to... things considering. It's anybody down... else, if I went and got spiked, 
and uh, took something that made me go crazy and doing a naked rampage where uh, a lot of police were involved. Suddenly, Hoover 2 took the Meng potion. Uh, and I was sentenced. I guarantee you or me or anybody else would have a, a lot less lenient sentence than Hooventude. Um, so, yeah, not even uh, jail time for himself. There was a fine. He was sent home. And was like, whoa, whoa, no, no, no. You are fired, friend. You are done. <laughs> and Hooventude, I think when Bischoff talked about it, he said that he Hooventude was like, Hey, sorry about that. I guess I'll have to take some. No, 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 maybe you're fired. I'm gonna fire you, then rehire you just to fire you again. We call that in the business the Sean Stasiak. So. <laughs> Is he filming them at the same time? Yeah. Uh, yet you yeah, why are. Why wasn't this record? Why was it? Is this gonna be put on the network eventually? When I hope so. Well, there's footage. There is footage of him being dragged out of the hotel on Channel 7 News, which is the, which is the, the no. part of all this. The, the media turned up before the police before the police did, and they were all set well, up. Well, that's it, of course, because he, he, rang, he rang the police, then he rang Meltzer. <laughs> Priorities, Terence. Priorities. It was Peter Shields that got uh, Guerrero off uh, with, uh, with, with merely fines, a $2,050 fine uh, to the court, and then $1,400 in compensation for the officers he attacked. And that's crazy. Good, good lawyer. Good lawyer. <laughs> Tell you what, more lawyers like that, you'd never get anything. You'd, be, you'd never get any wrong. Uh, moving over to the World Wrestling Federation. Undertaker's taking some time off, mate. You said about Hoovy. Sadly, nothing to do with Hoovy this one. According to the Observer, Undertaker is looking to have an operation to remove his gallbladder after a bout with gallstones that will keep him out of action for an undetermined amount of time. Oh, that's good. He hasn't like just come back and ruined Kane's push or anything. <laughs> we'll keep an eye on this because as history will tell us, there is um he doesn't stay away for too long. Um, because he's part of some some key matches coming up within the dub dub F. We'll talk about that. And talking of people that, that ruined Kane's push. Oh, here we go. Let's take a trip to Ohio. Tell my uncle, tell my aunt, I got my teeth in nice and straight. Chicken nuggets in my pants, I'm on my way to the Buckeye State. Ohio, Ohio, round on the end, high in the middle. Here's a riddle, what's round on the end, and high in the middle. Oh, I know this. It's no, it's Ohio, Ohio. Stupid, stupid dummy. Big show is down in OVW. <laughs> uh, getting back into ring shape. He, he shaved his head recently as part of his feud with Leviathan. So that's a, a nice new look for him. But here's an update. Oh, so Jim Ross can say he's lost weight. <laughs> Basically, I as I read the next part of this, I did wonder if, if this was part of a plan in order to lose some weight. So let me explain the story. Uh, Mark Henry and Big Show are being weighed every Friday. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> like cattle um, on the 6th of October Mark Henry checked in at 360 down from 415 good job Mark Henry they're aiming for 325 he's on target excellent stuff um, Big Show <laughs> they want Big Show at 375 he was weighed in on the same day at 470 
so not so well uh, for for Paul. He's still about hundred pound off target. He was given an ultimatum that they won't even consider bringing him back until he's at least down to four hundred pounds. So there's no chance of him being involved in the who ran over Austin storyline at this point either. He's still, despite all of this. His 10-year deal is still active. He signed a 10-year deal in 1999, under a mil- just under a million dollars per year downside guarantee. He is the highest earning developmental wrestler possibly in history at this point. It's amazing, isn't it? Awesome. They're literally weighing them every week. That's so <laughs> that's just so humiliating. You gotta love it. Like, yeah, haha, big yeah. We're paying you a lot. Can you? Go to overweight vascular wanker school. Oof. <laughs> Fell in my head that, sorry. But... Oh, very weighty. <laughs> that's enough. That's another it's great. He, I couldn't, Austin, it couldn't have possibly me who ran you over. If I was in the car, I wouldn't be going more than five miles an hour. It would have gone, brum, 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 brum. all the wheels were popped out. You'd see sparks flying off the floor. Bless him. No, you would have known because his vehicle of choice would have alerted Austin because Austin would have heard green sleeves play. <laughs> Look, again, yes, weight issues are bad and everything else is bad. But when Big Show came came back for what? A hot month? A hot month, mate. A hot month. Was he not hot enough to, to sweat anything? I'm back. <laughs> hey, it's me. I'm back. Ruined the potential stable that they had with Benoit, Shane, and whoever else was involved in that. And then... Because the thing with, because he was supposed to be with Undertaker, then you're like, whoa, no! What if you what if you landed his gallbladder? You'd ruin Undertaker. <laughs> that they had Undertaker just wreck Kane again when Kane's was dangerously close to the main event. Da- yeah. yeah, yeah, but clenchingly close to the main event at this, this point was close. Kane. <laughs> with, with the stuff he was doing on TV and the random segues we go off on this show, he was this close. He could have been Pope, Ted. He could have been Pope. <laughs> oh, well. What else is happening? Um, Bob Ollie's clear to return. He should be back uh, very soon, around the 13th of November. He should be getting back into a WWF ring. Apparently, Big Boss Man's due back any time now. I didn't even know he was away. <laughs> he's, he's, been, he's been off to get his knee scoped, but he should be back in the ring soon. I'm trying to think. I'm flogging my memory as to whether or not we see Boss Man again this side of like February 2002. Yeah. Boss Man? Hmm. Okay. I didn't I thought like he was gone for a bit, but he's still knocking a boot. I know he turns up again in 02, but I just yeah. couldn't remember him doing anything during the invasion. No. That might may or may not happen. He was too busy driving his bike covered <laughs> in milk. The Milky Viking rides again. A stupid bit that was. <laughs> uh, the Dudley Boys are shooting a THQ video game commercial next week. Dudley's doing an advert for No Mercy. We're getting close to the No Mercy release. That's cool. I, it's I'm almost as good as there was a random advert that played one time on Dewey TV when it's the, the pair of them playing Mario Kart Double Dash. Um. And they're both yelling because obviously they're mashing the pad as quickly as possible, like everybody does when they're playing a video game on a TV advert. And then the one's like, I'm going to hit you. And was like, you couldn't hit water if you fell off a boat. <laughs> My favorite Tommy Lasori lines. So, yeah, I always like it when there's wrestlers advertising adverts, and, advertising, <laughs> adverts advertising adverts and video games and things like that. 
Uh, while they were playing Mario Kart, the, the, the test knock on the door and go, oh, hey, guys, what, what are you doing? Can I, can I play? <laughs> I like, <laughs> like test. No, no test. This is, this is not your bit anymore. <laughs> yeah, they're like, no, test. It's O2. We're not be doing jokes about you in O2. I've never been to the arena. We've got like, the likes of uh, Chuck Palumbo to be making fun of at that point. Yo, yesterday's, <laughs> yo, yesterday's pizza. <laughs> Who are you? Oh, hey, I'm a Chuck Palumbo gag from 2002. I've come from oh, the Oh, hey, it's Chuck. It's Chuck, our favourite. Chuck, try and play this game. Oh, okay. It says press any button, which is the power of button. Oh, Chuck, you're bad at games. Ha, ha, ha. That's such a good character. Tess like, wait a minute. That's my thing. Oh, well, I guess I won't have to worry about this for maybe another two years in real time. I was like, can you hear a voice? (laughs) This this annoying spirit, like the most annoying ghost you've ever heard talking about video games. You're all right, Bubba. Oh, yeah, you're right. You know what? I I think I need some time off. I can't wait for two years down the road when me and you get tweets from people we've never spoke to before saying it's time to start the Chuck gag. And we both go, what? <laughs> I'm going to read that and just go, oh God, what? these people are so weird and stupid. Like, <laughs> I'm quoting you. Oh, <laughs> I have to stop every stop. Now when I get weird messages like that, I have to stop. because I realize now I, I chuck out so much. Um, let's call it what it is. Shite. The, I, I say a lot and I have to go, okay, is this based on something I said? Somebody sent me a message yesterday. I think it might have been um, Russell, Russell Wortham, who we, we've chatted a few times on Twitter. And he just sent me a message saying, I'm a carrot too. And I had to go, what? And I had to go, All right, I'm not going to reply until I've pontificated on this to, as to what this could be. And then I remembered it was from a news video, I think maybe a day or two before where I'd mentioned about being, a, you know, you either people either like a carrot or a stick in terms of encouragement. And I was like, right, that's what it's from. But without the context, I'm like, I just I put so much shit out there. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I like it when we get random tweets from people. And I, I genuinely love the... And, and I've noticed it's gone up. So a massive thank you if you're one of the new people that have discovered the classic SmackDown review. I really appreciate it. But I've noticed we're getting loads now from people. Oh, no, I say loads. It's a couple. Um, from people who have started listening from the beginning. And they'll be coming at me with like a random fact from an episode. And I'll go, oh, but without context as to why they're telling me like <laughs> this particular thing. And I'm like, okay, so you have to. You've got to, like, and I love it. I love it. All I ask is, if you are digging through the back catalogs of this particular podcast, if you do message me something about something we talked about, could you just stick in the episode number just so I know where we're at? (laughs) Just That's that's all I ask. Right now, Little Mermaid 2 Pinball Harder is good. (laughs) Six months from now, you're like, hey, Matthew, that pay-per-view was almost as bad as Little mermaid doom the game we're going. I'm like, what are you talking about, you <laughs> bloody idiot? Little bloody regal on the British pills. <laughs> what? Bloody wrong trousers. Oh gosh, that has reminded me. That has reminded me that nearly slipped my mind. We've got to oh now we're very blessed with having some really incredibly talented MFers that listen to this, let's call it what it is, shite. 
And I'm no. really grateful for people that reach out with stuff. Obviously, we have got the the ever delectable Photoshop John Eiley, who will yeah. forever take our flights of fancy. I desperately owe him birthday beers. Uh, it's been knocked back a couple of times, but John, birthday beers are coming. I love you, mate. Um, we've got John. We've got Colonel XB, who is a, an absolute genius when it comes to video editing and stuff like that. And he's the one that's brought that's got to be came to life. We always love you for it. But a, a picture on Twitter caught my eye that you and I were tagged in uh, just over the weekend. And it is an absolute work of art. Do you know the one I'm talking about, Matthew? Pritchard? No, actually. Right. So the, the, the smashing lady that did your beautiful dog picture. If I say that. Oh, Stuff Waffle. Stuff, that's it. Stuff Waffle. So Stuff Waffle. Um, Eva has put together a, an amazing picture. She used what basically looks like Photoshop offline edition and drew, <laughs> drew William Regal sat in his chair. In oh, his no, I did see royal that. Yes. throne on the top of Mr. Bean's car with oh. Mr. Bean driving the queen. <laughs> Mwah. Chefs, in fact, in fact, I loved it so much. I've made it the album art for this episode. Oh, I love good. it so much. It is so good. And so, so to, to, to folk like John Eiley, who's a long suffering uh, friend of the show, to Colonel XB uh, for the amazing work on That's Gotta Be Kane, to Eva, who has put together beautiful pictures like this. Thank you. Honestly, we, we don't deserve you. <laughs> We genuinely don't deserve you. This is bollocks. We genuinely don't deserve you, but we're so happy that you're there. It's amazing, isn't it? You're yeah. looking at it now, aren't you? I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know what we did to deserve this, but we're glad we did it. Oh, gosh. And also, you. coincidentally, we mentioned people like Colin XB and uh, Stuff Waffle Artwork and all the other lovely people who contribute on, on Twitter and on the Facebook comments, everything else like that. You know how AEW, when people say, this is making any sense. Oh, it's okay. If you watch Being the Elite, this will clear it up for you. <laughs> <laughs> those guys are like the being the elite to this show but instead of explaining things you'll be even more confused <laughs> I'll clarify that just adds to the confusion of everything yes. we are eternally mass grateful. confusion <laughs> like the killer bees so if you are <laughs> <laughs> my tag team full of bees ought to put a stop to that um, that's, that's all the wrestling that's all the wrestling news for this week and a little Dr. B's reference you're very welcome uh, so let's throw it over to Matthew Gregg who is going to take us through this week's episode of Smacketh Downeth aren't you Matthews can't wait Tom we go right into the witty wees witty woos there's no dramatic video package because nothing big happened on Raw oh, I'm amazed we didn't get a nice video package Considering we did get one later, but why didn't we start with one? Yeah, that's right. Um, Mick Foley will be the commissioner of Sunday Night Heat this Sunday. That's the breaking news that everyone's talking about in LA. Uh, also, Triple H and Road Dog, aka the last gasp of DX, take on Benoit and Saturn, the last gasp of the radicals. <laughs> later on, then Kurt Angle versus Kane in the best thing about SmackDown right now. Versus the best thing about the SmackDown podcast, finally battled out for dominance. And uh, wait, there's a little tiny note here written down, so small I can barely read it. Uh, Rikishi confesses to running over Austin. Oh, well. Here's the Dudleys to start us off, bringing a table and hitting low down with a... Wait, wait, wait. wait, wait. I know. Rikishi? It was Rikishi. And 
we've we've just had the iconic Rikishi promo from Monday Night Raw, Splicey Splicey. Yeah. Now the funny thing, well, it was not funny, but yeah, it it's bad. Um, not if you're Austin. Oh, if you're Austin, it's very bad. Rikishi's knackered at this point. <laughs> so the Observer reports that Rikishi has had right knee problems over the past week, and it's been diagnosed as knee tendinitis. He's on anti-inflammatories to get him through the next few weeks, but he's because of his weight and his age, it might either need to be a case of an operation, some weight loss, or both. And this is the guy that is a, is now, as of a few days before, in the hottest storyline in the company, and he's packed and he needs time off. <laughs> this is a recipe for disaster. How will they retcon this? Rikishi's been the guy that they've wanted to include in this story to, to be the, 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 the big payoff since January, maybe sooner. But this was always this. And, and this surprised me when we, as we've gone through this podcast, every week we've looked at the wrestling observer to give an idea of what's happening in the wrestling world every week. And it was even like back at the start of this year, tail end of last year. So only a, a few, like a month or so after Austin's Austin's Who Done It began, that the name Rikishi was being thrown around as the, the the culprit. So this has been like an amazing amount of time spent to build to this. But to all intents and purposes, at the time, the casual fans kind of went, that's a bit of a random one. There's a little bit of a last minute decision. But no, this has been the plan for ages. And the guy's knackered. Yeah. Perfect. See what the House of Cards is like. Big <laughs> show could have been perfect for it. No way. Fat bastard. <laughs> uh, Billy Gunn, injured bastard. All right. Okay, cool. Ben Wine, the Radicals, they weren't even here. WCW bastards. Kane, it's like, no, he need to have like a, a fire engine or something. And it's not that believable for Austin to take a bump off one of them. And be like, oh no, his neck. <laughs> it's class one vehicle just smashing into pieces. Oh no, Austin may have to take a month off. So... Hmm, who else is hot right now? Rikishi! Okay, makes sense. And in fairness, he has been booked slightly more heelish than usual after he gave China the butt stomp. Yes. And if you have the things there, there's the tease there. Attacking Kane, even though everyone loves Kane. If you don't believe us, wait till you hear this. Um, it kind of makes sense. And I do appreciate, we'll show a clip of it later on, but the promo that Rikishi gave was quite impressive. I did it. To help you, I did it for the people because WF's always about being the great white hope, and the Islanders have never had their fair share. And Rock's looking at me, like, what? No, I, I did all right, just because you never won the world title, <laughs> fat bastard. Um, Big Show was like, why be talked about? Like, no, no. <laughs> what? Never? No, exactly. <laughs> Fine then. If you're not going to talk to me, I'm going to go and fall down a whale. <laughs> the timing on that audio fail couldn't have been more perfectly oh, timed. No. We're doing this on Zoom, and it's gone off. Tom's Tom froze doing the whale. Oh no! Almost as if he was falling down a well. <laughs> Are you back, Tom? My internet connection's unstable. It says. Yeah, we missed all that, but that was beautiful. Oh, because you were he fell down a wee and then you died, and it was fantastic. <laughs> Role playing as a guy who fell down, never say Tom never puts the effort in as he literally Thank fell you. down a well. <laughs> I'm committed, well. if nothing else, to the bit. Yeah, 
Uh, so we'll get on to more about Rikishi later on. In the meantime, Austin is waiting inside his car to hit Kishi. And I don't know. I've seen the size of Rikishi's ass. I think Austin needs one of those snow plows they put in front of trains. <laughs> be great if, he's, great if Rikishi shows up and Austin's like, Arr! and drives into him and has no effect. <laughs> just, the car bounces. <laughs> My favorite part of this bit with Austin is that apparently he's been there all day, is what they say on commentary. They said he got into the building at like six o'clock this morning and he's just been sat there all day. <laughs> it's just like, oh, what is it's like those truckers in Callus <laughs> weeing in a bottle and throwing out, the, throwing out oh, his window to some garden and they're like, can you not? <laughs> how did he do a wee? That's the question. Did he get food delivered there? Has he just been scowling at the... And also, right, I mean... I'm not questioning Austin's methods, but if if Rikishi is booked to do an event at 8 p.m., I doubt he's going to be there at 6 a.m. So you you could have come along a bit later. You could have maybe had some, you know, had a Denny's for breakfast, maybe gone for a nice little drive somewhere, listen to some Backstreet Boys. You know, you could have had a lovely yeah. day, you know, played a little bit of Little Mermaid pinball frenzy. Yeah, listen you know? against all odds. Exactly. You could have done all that, but instead you chose just to sit and scowl in your car. Because the Odeon to watch Professor 2, The Clumps, because he was such a big fan of the first film. And then he's like, he's trying to watch a film. It's just loud revving noise behind him. It's like, (laughs) oh, what is that? That's so rude for someone to do that in a cinema. Can't they be... Who brings... What is that? And turned around, it's Austin in his ADC. (laughs) Anyway, more on that later on. (laughs) <laughs> the Dudleys are here and they brought a table. Why they brought a table? Why are they wrestling low down who do not have an entrance or a table? <laughs> the music, as they start brawling, instantly distracts them at this match that is just starting, which apparently is a tables match. As of all teams, of all people, of all places, of all time periods, Los Condisadores head down. They sit next to the commentators. And cut El Generico promos, if I put here, uh, and respond, si senor, to any question, along with Andale, Andale, and uh, Mil Mascaras. Who were the Los Condisadores? Well, they were a lower tier tag team in the late 80s in WWF. They had one pay per view appearance as part of the 10 man elimination match at the Survivor Series 1988, when somewhat inexplicably, if you go back and watch this, they were the last team left in the ring. And only when Mr. Fuji tripped up Uno, uh, not Dos, and the Barbarian hit him with the headbutt to win the match. That's how that ended. And they did get some where uh, they did win some rare victories against the Rockers and some of the tag teams, but then were done a year later. And it's almost Russo-esque to bring back a tag team so old and so obscure at this point in history that you're like, what? And that what are they what are they doing? Where is this going? Nothing is explained right now, but we'll see where it goes. Um, I think, first yeah, of all, Tom, you... do you remember Los Codisos from the 80s? Uh, and what was your thought when you first saw this? Now, I don't remember them. I, I looked them up after. I remember being in the moment of this in 2000 and seeing Los Conquistadors. And I think I think I kind of had an inkling as to who they were. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink at this point. We had a little idea, but nothing had been given away. But... I went back and researched and they were like an actual team from off of the past. I'm pretty sure that I, I loved all this nonsense because I'm pretty sure that 
after this SmackDown, I changed my MSN Messenger name to uh, Los Conquistadors for Tag Champs Viva Los S.A. Rios. That was, I'm pretty sure I did that on MSN Messenger, and I'm not even sorry. Uh. I thought this that I I thought I thought it was a highly entertaining bit with with what will be revealed as Edge and Christian larking about oh, Lost Conk. Oh come on! <laughs> if it'd been the, the only observer, way people I'd know about things, things that happened back then is via this podcast. All right, I'll go throw the other ones out of the way then. So you know when you go to Nando's and it shows you what flavor spice you're getting what what degree of spice i should say uh this is mild this is mango and lime casual racism <laughs> right now for 2000 because they're not supposed to be spice you can tell that they're not really real luchadors by the fact that they're not very good at spanish um, yeah i mean so i wonder that. where this sort of sat in terms of you know is this a bit racist i would be intrigued to see what people who watch this show in, in Mexico thought of this at the time. I didn't realize or think about stuff like El Generico, for example, being offensive or annoying to Latinos until there's a Latino uh, wrestling fan I talked to and he goes, yeah, I hate him. Hate El Generico. Hate how he um, basically just made fun of Luchadors and, there's, you know, si senor, not being good at Spanish and stuff. I hate him because he's not even, he's Mexican, not Mexican, sorry, uh, Canadian, Syrian. I know he's just doing our stuff. It's like, nah, not a fan. I'm glad that he's not that character anymore. Never occurred to me stuff like that. No, which is why like this wouldn't occur to me as being ostensibly racist, no matter where you stick it on the Nando's meter. Um, but it's again, from our position, it's just seen as a bit of, of, of frivolity and nonsense. But there may have been something to it. You know, I mean, it's, it, I'm not one of those, there's a lot of people that get upset going, oh, you can't say anything anymore. I say, no, you can, you can say what you like, but there's there's sort of consequences and there's empathy. And then there are two important things to factor into whatever you say. You can say what you want, but consequences and empathy are both very important factors to take into what you say. And so that's why I kind of want to, I at the time, admittedly, I thought this was funny. I thought it, it made me smile, it made me laugh, but I can see why people might have found it uh, offensive, either a touch mild or very hot offensive, you know? Yeah. To make that properly British and just show where uh, in, in, in Eric Jingles and come from, she was like, the Nando's, ooh, mamma mia, hot and a spicy, <laughs> mildly racist, offensive amateur. <laughs> I got your coffee and your spaghetti. It was like, it was only the early 2000s when there was that, I forget which noodle company. And we say noodle company, I mean the ones are like 39 pence. That had you too can win a mental oriental. It was like a bunch of money you could win, and it was yeah, yeah. We were an inherently racist country. We're allowed to say it. <laughs> you don't believe me? Ask my nana. <laughs> anyway, as the Dudleys land, Chaz and Dilo, uh, low down there. That was much better written than it was said. Low down, move a table out the way, and Chaz gets a tornado DDT on Bubba on a sat down table, which you often see because it looks like it hurts a lot. But even after taking the sky high, the Duds aren't going to lose to a team without an entrance on TV. And a 3D ends it through the table. But the majority of the match was spent yelling various Latino things, including S.A. Rios, who is on the roster, therefore having Lawler go, aha, well, it must have been him because he kept on saying his name. <laughs> Mamma mia, that's a spicy racism. <laughs> there we go. They also name dropped Mil Mascaris. In, yes, in, in this bit and Hurricane Rana. No, no, Yob, no, Yob. <laughs> <It's> Bruce, 
no, Bruce yeah. immortalized him. That's it. If if they don't lose the next match, it's confirmed. It's two Mil Mascaris. <laughs> it's, it's it's Mil Mascaris split in half. Was it they've said they've asked people who have spoken to him? Oh yeah, you understand English, but if you ask, ask him, yeah, we want you to lose tight. No Europe, no Europe, no England. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that. Uh, Tajiri did that as well to pretend he couldn't stand English for, for ages. And the Sandman walked past him on the phone, he's speaking perfect English. He goes, You, you, <laughs> I can't believe you understand my perfect English. Yow. Tajiri's looking at him going, What? What was that? <laughs> yeah. I speak English. None of you, none of you bastards can speak it. I don't speak Sandman. You need, Yo, Tajiri, go park the car at Harvard Yard. He's like, No. Sorry. Video package covers Eddie Guerrero in China. Uh, the drama from Raw. China couldn't find Eddie all day. And China was worried because she couldn't find him. Then you have a matchup tonight. He asks, where's the trust? I have been working. How, how, how dare you accuse me of anything? And this, this wrestler, can you believe a wrestler would gaslight someone else? That, that shocked me, Tom. And then they wrestle right to censor later on. Everything seems fine. China feels bad about accusing Eddie. Yeah, come on. They could be married. Everything's all right. But then GTV, presumably being filmed by Rowdy Roddy Peeper, <laughs> reveals Eddie had, had both Victoria and the Ho in the shower together. Uh, China leaves the match, the arena, and Eddie by removing the ring on her finger. And then Billy Gunn and his cool shirt show up to yell at Eddie for being a dick. So Eddie takes it well and smashes a glass bottle over his head. <laughs> Which I'm going to say, look, yeah, you know what? You deserve that, Billy. Yeah, all right, I get it. You and your flowery shirt, and smash. <laughs> I'm glad this is the happy conclusion or getting there, at least for the Eddie China thing, because some of it had been well put together, but other times I just didn't enjoy watching Eddie go... I can't believe I'm going to yell at you until you cry, Mama Sita. And I'm going to throw stuff. And it's just like, oh, this isn't enjoyable. I kind of, th for, I think I've said this a few times over the last couple of weeks. Like, this is all fine, right? If you are leading to Eddie versus China and China beating Eddie. Like, this is yes. the only time, really, where you could have had that storyline play out in that way and have. How, and, and have the, the 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 female win in 2000 at least because China's proved that she can batter any bloke at this point. And for me, the idea of China like being and I you, I get it because you know we're all emotional people. China being heartbroken by Eddie, then leaving, coming back and you know having time away and, and getting over emotions, come back and batter him. I think would have been a brilliant story. Having China beat uh, beat Eddie for the IC title and after a routine like humiliating destruction like a you know batter him around the ring rip his tights off just humiliate him and pin him clean i think that wouldn't have done eddie mm. any damage i think it would have been a, a, the right way to end what has been a nasty gaslighting storyline by having china just come back and clatter him i think that'd have been amazing what they do instead really waters it all down like so hmm. much so by having China take a backseat to Billy Gunn, which is where we're go now. Hmm. Billy Gunn kind of replaces China in this feud as standing up for China. I'm like, well, no, China's a badass. China can hold her own. Like this should have been, this should have led to Eddie versus China at Survivor Series, I think, and had that hmm. match there. 
that's that's my opinion. I know many will disagree that that China even being in that stratosphere with with the male wrestlers was 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 incorrect. I disagree. I thought it was excellent, and I'd like to have seen because you could have still then transitioned into doing what they end up doing at WrestleMania, which was we lead to China versus Ivory for the women's title. You could have still done the China injury angle. Here's okay. Here's booking idea off the top of my head, right? So China replaces Billy in this stuff with Eddie now, or she or she stays on the course. But humiliatingly destroys Eddie Guerrero. Eddie Guerrero goes away. China's the IC title. You, I, it's not the IC title. She's holding the IC title. You then have the, the right to censor story play out with them annoyed with China for being in Playboy and all that stuff. You have Val Venus do the spike pile driver. You have Val Venus become the IC champion or give it to Stephen Richards, who holds it with the, the RTC guys defending him. You then do the China injury angle. You can have China come back at Mania, beat up Ivory, and off to the race we go. We can do all that, and you do that in as well as tying up a nice little bow for the Eddie China story that sees the, the, the gaslighty batter the gaslighter. I think that would have been fun. I was paying attention until you said, and then Val Venus wins the icy <laughs> title. I'm like, oh. Hey, don't, don't, hey, Val's, Val's back, baby. You know what the main event tonight is, don't oh, you? Yeah, we're, we're, we're Val's back, baby. And after Pally Gunn gets, gets red all over his flower shirt, oh, that won't work. <laughs> Austin is still hanging out in his pickup truck. <laughs> and they show a graphic for Rikishi, and the crowd boos. So here we go. Here's the promo recap. Mick Foley asks Shawn Michaels if he ran over Austin. He denies it, so HBK blames The Rock. Wow, that doesn't sound like Shawn Michaels. <laughs> Foley asks Linda that she was too busy getting ready for Kane, who has a <laughs> dinner date with Jerry Lynn and a business deal with Jerry Flynn. What's going to happen? <laughs> All the I hope fingers- I don't get the two mixed up. I've got a file for Jerry Lynn and a file for Jerry Flynn. Now, I'm just going to add the F to Flynn. So I know whose is whose. Oh, who left that window open? Oh no, all the papers have blown everywhere. Now I don't know whose is whose. Later that night, <laughs> Jerry Flynn gets a request for a cradle pile driver. Say, what? And then Jerry, Jerry Lynn is asked to lose to Goldberg eight times on TV. <laughs> all the fingers point to the rock. But Mick Foley doesn't blame The Rock. He blames <gasps> Rikishi, who was close enough to The Rock to steal The Rock's car keys. And Rikishi admits it. Okay. What? I did it. What? I ran over Austin. I didn't do it for me. I did it for The Rock. I took your keys. And when I jumped into the car, I saw Stone Cold Steve Austin standing in the middle of the parking lot all alone. You see, the WWF has always been all about the great white hope. Such people as Buddy Rogers, Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, and now Stone Cold Steve Austin. You see, the WWF has always let the Island Boys in. Now listen to me, Rock. People like your grandfather, High Chief Peter Maivia, Jimmy Superfly Snooker, Alpha and Seeker, Samu, and the Tonga Kid, they were all held back. I ran over Stone Cold Steve Austin, and I did this for you. And to tell the truth, I do it again. I'm 
What about The Rock? What about The Rock? Earlier today, The Rock spoke with Jim Ross. He's got his best shirt on as well. Obviously went to the same place as Billy Gunn. The Rock says it's a bunch of BS that he's being held back and that he hates that Rikishi played the race card and not much else is said. How dare you accuse WF of being racist? <laughs> I just realised how funny that is. On an end of any episode to do this. How dare you say that? WF says, Let me tell you it in Mandarin. No, Rock, no, no, no. no. <laughs> it's brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant. Two weeks ago, let me say sorry in Chinese. <laughs> 20 minutes ago, Conquistadors. Also, even like after that, we, we didn't mention this. During the Eddie Guerrero, Billy Gunn backstage bit, they replayed Billy Gunn saying, you leave China alone. You hear me? Essay. <laughs> like, Did he? Oh. And then all that, cut to the rock. Eh, we're not racist. No, that's not what's holding me back. No. <laughs> And he went, no, Rikishi hasn't won the world title because he needs his knee scoped. <laughs> no, <laughs> rock. What? Oh, sorry, I wasn't supposed to say that. I quite like soft-spoken, serious Dwayne here, as opposed to every week where we have had just like, stick it up your ass, blah, 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 know your role, hermaphrodite, finally, blah, 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 blah. This was a nice little palate cleanser of, of Dwayne sort of sat there going, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know why he did that. I didn't ask him to do that. I thought it was nice. Nice little, nice little, uh, it was a chance for, for, for Dwayne Johnson to show his range. Mm. And it's good. It's some wrestlers can go, I'm crazy. I'm so bad at you. Oh, I'm going to get you. But the rock doesn't fit his style. So the rock sat down where his best clothes being soft spoken. Say, Oh, the rock's really mad. He's cross. Yes. Mm. Cross rock. Eddie attacks Billy Gunn backstage again with a tire iron, the shoulder. So that means the tag match with him and Jericho versus Eddie next back isn't happening. So as Billy Gunn is attended to, and they're like, oh, Billy, you're injured again. Silly Billy. Uh, Eddie ah! comes and yells at him. Uh, Mick Foley yells at Eddie and says, oh, you think you're good? Are you? All right, cool. Now it's a triple threat match for the IC title, and it's right now. And Eddie's like, ah, just runs. And it's a lovely match, work rate-wise, so won't be talking about much of it, with Xbox able to hang out with the lads. It was only mid-2001, I'd say, that Xbox uh, work started declining. So here he is able to fit in, and crowd hates him, which is always great to see. You know, back then, ooh, Xbox, he, well, maybe not in this period in 2000, but now it's just, yeah, you suck, Xbox. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Jericho lands the bulldog at Eddie, so Xbox hits Jericho with a low blow, followed by the X-Factor. So then Eddie sends X back outside and pins Jericho. Ha. Suitable finish for Eddie Guerrero. Jericho and X back then pull hair afterwards and have to be separated by the refs. You know, to a nice match they have at No Mercy. Mm, this is a lovely little triple threat. Away. Lovely mm. little... Lo I thought the finish was a, was um, not the most exciting. It was basically X pockets the X Factor. Eddie pushes him out of the ring and pins him. The power of the X Factor, apparently. Uh, no, I've, to, yeah. Absolutely. It was one of the number one moves in No Mercy. It can knock you out. It's A plus and it's fast as hell. Oh, it's a deadly combination. I like it fit the fact that X-Pac's low, so low, such a low life. The only thing lower is Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> He's steal this victory. I think it was perfect. It goes Pond Scum, X-Factor, X-Pac, Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> yeah. Nothing lower than Eddie right now. Ooh. Gaslighting get the police show up to stop Austin, who was threatening to run down Rikishi on international TV. Uh, presumably, Terry Taylor called them. Uh, <laughs> the policeman told Austin, Don't do what I think you're gonna do. 
So Austin rolls up his window, leading the policeman to shrug and walk <laughs> off. Anyway, backstage, Kurt Angle sucks up to right to center because he's such a big fan of their work. They start talking about stuff. He goes, yeah, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so I think you guys will get more respect from people if you challenge for a belt or two. Wouldn't that be great? I think, oh, I don't know, one of you, one of you lucky, lucky lads should take on The Rock tonight. And then that means that I will get to challenge you at no mercy. What a great, wholesome pay-per-view that'll be for the kids. And the entire time, Sam Richards is like, yeah, yeah, that's right. We are great. Yeah, what a great idea. Everybody's <laughs> walking them and go, yeah, all right, all right. Foul Venus, you could take on The Rock tonight. For the Hello, Bush. <laughs> He's back. He's back. Val's back, baby. <laughs> and Val's going to ring that bell all the way home once he wins that WF title. So that is the main event tonight. Uh, <laughs> William Regal. Yay! His first, his first theme, which I forgot about, like the Keeping Up Appearances theme, <laughs> had to do commentary to watch European champion Al Snow represent <laughs> Hong Kong. You ever seen an episode of The Simpsons where Krusty does the flapping dicky? <laughs> Regal is furious <laughs> about seeing Al Snow come out representing Hong Kong, obviously giving out a famous photograph of famous Hong Kong celebrity, Hong Kong Fooey. <laughs> Regal is disgusted by this, not because of the uh, casual racism, but the hot spicy levels now, I think, but because it was only three years ago that Hong Kong used to belong to us. <laughs> oh, Christ. You had to edit out the commentary during this period, apparently, called the Melters Notes, because Regal kept on yelling, who won the bloody war anyway? <laughs> no, stop being more British, Regal. Oh, bloody war. That's it, because that used to be Big part of the He goes, I'm so British. I went to Hong Kong, our beloved territory. <laughs> no! <laughs> and it's so weird thinking about the idea of the British Empire going over and invading and completely ruining uh, empires and countries and other areas that reading the idea oh the british empire only returned hong kong in uh, 1997 <laughs> is something that still throws me off it's like it's almost like ricky steamboat returning in 09 You're like what <laughs> let me just read that again 97 we returned that <laughs> Tries to reclaim Hong Kong Al Snow for the British Empire again. They're like, no, he's not a territory. Sit down, for God's sake. <laughs> Tries to hit him with an outdated atlas that still lists it. Look, see? <laughs> AA Roadmap 97. <laughs> I love it if you put out AA Roadmap. <laughs> Bloody AA see, Roadmap. Just, just says, like, well, if you fancy driving to Hong Kong, you can't do it even though we own it. Ah, see? <laughs> He says something about political retina's gone mad and then he's mute him. And he's taking on Albert, whose head is the size of Hong Kong. Um, Regal on commentary with Albert and Trish coming out. Oh. <laughs> Describing Trish Stratus as a buxom, a buxom wench with lovely bristles. <laughs> what do you say about Princess Anne on WWE? <laughs> Oh, no, sorry. Sarah, Buxom Sarah wench with lovely Bristol. No, no, on WCW one time, he hit the ring and talked to Mean Gene as he's about to batter someone. He talked about Sarah Ferguson. He goes, the rumours between me and Sarah Ferguson aren't true. She's like a battered out old fireplace. <laughs> 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 oh, 
That's a hell of a line. <laughs> Him and Dave, T- Dave Taylor. Mangy Oakland, David Taylor, how are you doing for this match today? Hey, Mangy, I've been at it like a frog on a bike pump, honestly. <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Albert bounces him around and he need, but despite looking big and impressive and looking like a bouncer at a dodgy club, he still needs help from Trish to keep it going. Ha ha, Test laughs at you. You can't even batter <laughs> Al Snow for help. Alan gets a kind of reversal on a Frankensteiner to get a kind of pin. And once again, Al Snow is lucky that SmackDown is pre-taped. <laughs> I thought I quite like the finish, where he, where he counters the power bomb and they end up getting a roll-up. Yeah, I always like it when they have to use a really weird camera angle to not show the pin. Because you know something's going to go away. Hang on, look at that. <laughs> like Shayna Baszler and Reginald on Raw this week. Well, one of his shoulders was down. Ah, oh, whatever. Who cares? Close no one's it. watching. Al sends Albert out the ring. And this brings out Regal to bash snow across the street, kid. <laughs> Oof. Why do I feel the need to type that? That's awful. Anyway, yeah, Regal batters him and goes, I own you. And they're like, no. <laughs> Regal, it's time to get over it. <laughs> I don't know what I did with you exactly when I did own you, but I did used to own you. I enjoyed it. I thought Snow and Albert had a nice little bit of chemistry. I think Regal on commentary continues to be an absolute bloody highlight. <laughs> I think I love their work on comms. Uh, I, I love Regal as a character. Regal sort of sizing up Snow at the end of this match um, sets up what we're going to see, which is Regal as European champion uh, down the road. I liked it. I'm, I'm happy to see Regal every week now. He's he's very quickly become a highlight of SmackDown for me, as as it, as I expected would be the case. Anyway, Benoit pinned Road Dog while Triple H was crotched on the top rope. So tonight we get the rematch. Hooray! Hooray! I wonder why Triple H would be teaming up with Road Dog after all these months when they've been kind of not really friends, but not enemies, you know? It did come out of nowhere, didn't it? Yeah. Oh, wait. There's the enormous baby-faced reaction for Hunter, teaming up with the (laughs) beloved Road Dog. There we go. The Road Dog is able to take down Benoit, the greatest technical wrestler currently in the WF, because his mafia running gear gives him plus one dexterity. Triple H gets the handsome tag and assists Dog in shucking and jiving with the punches as the crowd chant Triple H. Bloody hell. <laughs> Terry interrupts the pedigree, so Triple H has to Irish whip Benoit off the apron to try it again on Saturn for the pin and a huge reaction from the crowd. So both Benoit and Triple H have pinned one another's young boy. So, of course, <laughs> Benoit then stretches Triple H to the crossface again just because. Triple H really puts the crossface over. He does. He does. Like, put him over like Road Dog put him over in this match. <laughs> Nothing more to say here. I was still surprised because we've been watching the very forced attempts to make Triple H baby face and they weren't working these past few weeks. It worked here. It actually oh, it definitely did. Worked it actually here. did work here. I feel that this was <clears throat> being put in with Road Dog, I think helps. And, you know, I. I find the whole thing still, they've been desperately trying to get Triple H over and they would have been delighted to hear the pop that he had in this tag match tonight, wouldn't they? Mm. That They hate Kurt Angle so much that they'll cheer Triple H. The figment of someone's imagination a few months ago. Now it's reality. <laughs> Meanwhile, Austin sits in his car. <laughs> cool. 
Triple H gets yelled at by Steph like a proud babyface warrior. <laughs> she heads to the ring later on to do something. Meanwhile, Mick Foley heads to the ring with all the pace of the young books watching their parents getting decimated. And Foley announces he's unsuspended Austin. So could Austin please head to the ring? Austin and the Disturbed theme head out. And Austin asks why he shouldn't kill Rikishi with his big car. Mick Foley says... But then the lucky fans right here in L.A., yay, won't get to see you have a match with Rikishi. Austin asks, why would I want to have a match with that guy who nearly killed me? Foley says, because it'll be no holds barred and everything is legal. Oh, says Austin. He says it just like that. Austin accepts and tells Foley, what's the name of the pay-per-view? And Foley and the crowd go, no mercy. He goes, you're damn right. <laughs> this was That's cool. The transmission once he rams his car at Rikishi's ass. This was cool, right? Because yes. the the idea and and it, initially the idea of Foley saying no, don't run over Mick Fo- don't run over Rikishi. I'll give you a match with him. Austin rightly going, I don't want a match with him. I want to kill him. So Foley saying, look. If, if I give you no old bar, no disqualifications, you won't get arrested for killing him. To which Austin is like, yeah, that's a, that's actually a good deal. So I like the the subtle use of terminology and the wording here that actually made the, one of the one of the very very rare occasions made sense that something so heinous had been done to somebody, and the best way to resolve it was with a wrestling match. Like this is the one of those very rare occasions where it actually makes sense because now Austin's like, well, I can now do what I want with this guy, and I won't go into prison for it. So I'm down for that. I wonder how bad this will be at No Mercy. We'll find out soon. Yeah, don't kill him. Why not? Well, at least do it on pay-per-view. <laughs> yeah. WWF have basically sanctioned a live killing. Yeah, if you're going to kill... What's that thing that Roddy Piper did when he was originally called his autobiography? When he was being ill before a match? The promoter says, God damn, kid, if you're going to die, die in the ring. It'll make money. <laughs> That's exactly what's happening here. Yeah exactly what's happening here just saying uh, austin also said at one point this ain't going to be no technical match oh absolutely because austin's neck was still bothering him wasn't 100 healed and rikishi has a scoped knee so we're about to experience the joy of austin not giving his opponents anything so just two paggard lads who are in the hottest feud in the company and yes. one of them isn't keen to sell <laughs> yeah a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural natural looking results with little downtime even better this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment no maintenance required improved jawline definition for a smooth sculpted look with juvederm volux xc for important safety information and to find a licensed specialist visit juvederm.com that's j-u-v-e-d-e-r-m.com not for people with severe allergic reactions allergies to lidocaine or the proteins used in juvederm common side effects include injection site redness 
swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. As from two packet lads to one packet lad, as Jerry Lawler presents the XFL cheerleader tryouts oh, this Saturday. No. <laughs> Who let Jerry Lawler do the cheerleader tryouts? Raven and Taz, our favourite tag team. <laughs> what a great WWE. day! What a great day indeed, which is perfect for Colin Lawler to talk about Austin and Lawler feeling up the XFL cheerleaders. I'm not being funny, but the Hardys are massive next to Taz. <laughs> they I, are I don't like being reminded of the fact that Taz is small, but the Hardys never look huge next to anybody. And the, it's not even funny. The Hardys tear Raven and his pet apart for I call him a pet. His pet apart for five minutes <laughs> until Los Condicionos distract the referee and Taz is able to get the Taz mission. Taz, no, uh, Ta- Jeff Swanton's out of it and onto him and Matt pins Taz to win. Ha ha ha. Taz and Raven are being treated like head cheese after that rotten TNA match at WrestleMania 2000. <laughs> This was sponsored by ShopZone. And I it made me think, why wasn't the SmackDown Mall in No Mercy called the ShopZone? Probably because it's a spot not sponsor term, a trademark term. Mm. Possibly. But then I thought it'd be all right because it's no wait, do we own it, don't they? Yeah. Uh, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay, finally you found something negative about No Mercy. <laughs> I just thought for some reason in my head someone going who do you want to play as O's <laughs> want an O's what to <laughs> to, flower... to water the flower no O's <laughs> women that have sex with men for money oh you want an O's and Smackdown Mall to buy it no. <laughs> John, can we have the SmackDown Mall, but it's the shop from the two Ronnie sketch? Yeah, just just chroma key the back and just put a, <laughs> the hoe from No Mercy. Oh, you want an O? <laughs> I want an Emma Lock. What? <laughs> an Emma Lock. So he puts him in oh, a hammer lock. Oh, no, no, a lock for a hammer. A lock for a hammer. There you go. <laughs> of course he sells it. So he just pulls he up the thing. It's right next to the hoe. <laughs> which is on a board full of other hoes. Oh, God. I can't think of any more for that. There's these silly shopping things we talk about, and talk about Taz upsets me. So the lugs boot of the week. <laughs> they they warn, Tom, about knockoff lugs. Because if you see people putting them on the feet, then they're not really lugs. As we all know, <laughs> lugs is for breakfast and occasionally snacks. If you're feeling naughty. Oh, I remember when my when my uh, my mate went to America and I said, "Can you bring me back some knockoff lugs, please?" And there's a guy he knows in in Harlem. We will sort him out with some knockoff lugs. They look just like them, but the it's a lowercase L. <laughs> Otherwise, you wouldn't notice they weren't real lugs. 
Well, that's right. When my parents went to West Germany before the fall, uh, they wouldn't let you exchange your Deutschmarks for pound sterling. So people just buy loads of lugs and bring them over and sell them. So there's this big thing in West Germany for the knockoff lugs, which is weird because lugs only became a thing in the late 90s, uh, <laughs> years after the fall of the war. As featured in that famous move, that famous war movie, Das Lugs. Oh, Yeah, they realise it's not an authentic lug because um, they're actually, <laughs> lug. well, they've actually got on their feet uh, uh, 1941 submarines uh, with a nuclear reactor. Oh, fuck, bye. The hell with this. Watch Kurt Angle <laughs> chokeslam Kane and Raw to confirm they're not really lugs. <laughs> Is that why they're feuding? Oh, hey, Kane, I'm sorry. I hope those lugs didn't burn you. <laughs> Did it Ooh, did so it hurt? What? <laughs> when you fell out the lug shop and landed on that. <laughs> I don't understand that. So I'm gonna choke slam you. <laughs> oh, you really haven't got the impression down for Kane at all, have you? No, he keeps on changing his voice, so I don't know. And other times I try doing it, it's just me doing Tom's impression of, of dumb sitcom Kane. <laughs> it's always sitcom Kane now. Sitcom Kane is the best voice. Oh. Whenever I see like just a a PNG of Kane's face over a Simpsons character. Just, oh, I know. It's like, hey. <laughs> I know. It's Ace. Things are pointing in the air to denote that he's thought of something. <laughs> on the classic Raw review, we've just had the debut of Isaac Yankum DDS, or as he's now called, that's got to be Nova Kane. <laughs> oh. Crossing oh. the international punchline on that one. I'm delighted. <laughs> Fails to give Chris Jericho lollipop. You think this is about lollipops? Or... <laughs> you think this is street. about lugs? <laughs> Kane's best feud is coming up, and it's based around a, a misunderstanding. Oh, yeah, that, that's a good <laughs> way. Wow, almost like he was in a bad sitcom. <laughs> we are through the looking glass. Looking glass. Lugs. It's the lugs in glass, where you look in a mirror and you're wearing lugs. <laughs> Buy the mirror before you actually buy lugs and see what you like before you actually buy real lugs. It's like if Harry Potter, his deepest desire was to wear some shoes. That is that is amazing. 2000 technology. Oh, what's that? I just don't know if I should buy, I don't know if I should buy these lugs. Don't worry. Buy the lugs mirror. What does it do? It shows you what you look like wearing lugs. And somebody has drawn a pair of lugs at the bottom of the mirror. So when you stand next to the mirror, it looks like you're wearing cartoon drawings of lugs. $300 sold. The other day I was at the gym and there's an ad for, for lugs. I think Alton Towers, I'm not sure. But I was just there on the rowing machine, looking up, like just TV on mute, so the subtitles are coming up and everything. And it's like, you go got Alton Towers and you'll be scared by the scary, scary ride thing. And it shows a CGI monster going, Rawr! at the bottom of the advert, it said, not a real monster. In like the terms, conditions, apply segment oh, of the no. advert, it said, not a real monster. Nothing we've said or done on this podcast today has been half as ridiculous as seeing that, <laughs> letting you know that. Monsters are real, but they don't work at Alton Towers. They cost too much. Well, it depends. 
Stephanie heads to the ring to announce the person she will be permanently uh, in the corner of, and it is Kurt Angle. Oh, is happy I thought it'd be a little curveball. Thought it might have been Essay Rios. <laughs> no, he, he said no, si senor. He doesn't know what <laughs> Spanish for no is. Kurt gets scared of his pyro because he's wrestling Kane. He's not worried about Kane. He's worried about Tom saying some daft thing that goes over a few minutes, which is terrifying. He's got to get ready for this match with a big red monster. Kurt tries to run away from whatever idea we're likely to discuss at this point in the show. I've put delete if I've already done. Well done, idiot, for reading that. So Kane <laughs> chases Kurt into the crowd with the red shirts doing a bad job of keeping the fans away from the wrestlers. So they head back, <laughs> realizing they've got room to breathe. Kane slams Kurt into the ring from the floor, but Kane still takes German suplexes and a nice belly to back from Kurt. Very nice. And then he sits up. Uh-oh. That's got to be Kane. <laughs> Kane gives the one-handed choke slam to Kurt, which I miss, but Steph gets in the ring, so Kane goes after her, and Kurt wins with the ropes of a roll-up because he's Kurt Angle. Yay! Kane is furious, like how William Regal was furious, he no longer owns a territory, and choke slams two referees because he's Kane. Kurt and Kane just starting to get really good together, I thought. What do you think, Tom? I liked it. I like how Kurt Angle, even though that they're they're sort of cheeky shithousery victories, like he's beating top guys in the run up to facing the rock. Like he's picking up some wins, picking up some dubs. And I like it. Like, even though it was like a uh, a cheeky win, like a, a, a naughty win with the help of Steph, hey, the record books will say that Kurt Angle just beat Kane. Like and, and he's ten days away from facing the rock. So all of a sudden he doesn't seem like like that much of an outsider to win the title. All of a sudden. Do you think at this point was I can't remember how I felt at this point. I know that I liked like what Kurt Angle was doing, but I loved the rock as champion at the same time. Did we think Angle was gonna win at this point at No Mercy? I can only speak as a kid back then. It was a surprise to me. Mm. So I didn't know because I'm like, there's no way the Rock's losing to Kurt and then Kurt beat him. Like, oh, oh, he did. Okay, <laughs> but we'll get to that in two weeks' time. We certainly will. Oh, in the meantime, Jerry O'Connell is here in the crowd, and I get a bit confused here because Cole says, "Yeah, the star of Jerry Maguire." And I'm like, Jerry Maguire didn't come out in 2000. And I had a look, and it was in December 13th, '96. The thing that he was most recently in was Mission to Mars. And that was uh, in, oh, I don't know, March of this year. And he wasn't even one of the main dudes in Jerry Maguire. So it's it's kind of awkward when someone says, hey, it's that dude. It's that one people go, Toby Hooper, you know, he directed the Texas Chainsaw Massacre about 40 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> They're just any celebs that come through the door are good celebs. Even if it is, hey, it's Jerry O'Connell. And, and and then Michael Cole going, all the stars are out in LA. Here's <laughs> one of them. Here's the last thing he was in that people know. Bless him. The Mission to Mars was the, the movie that the ride was based on from Disney, I believe. What? There's a Mission to Mars ride at Disney, and I believe it's based roughly on this film. In terms of the aesthetic. Oh, not this, not the plot or anything, but the aesthetic. Oh, I don't know. I'm looking at Wikipedia page and say anything about that. I went on the Mission. It'd be Mars funny if they it's like the, the lamest film Disney. Oh, inspired by Disney's theme park attraction. Oh, it's the other way around. Oh, oh, thank God for that. I thought this this film they made a theme park. 
Right, that makes more sense. <laughs> Changed it afterwards. So we're going somewhere else. In the same, we're talking about this in the year that the Jungle Cruise movie is coming out featuring The Rock. So weird how all that pans around, doesn't it? Like here's here's Jerry O'Connell, who is in a movie this particular year of our Lord, 2000, uh, based on a theme park ride. He's about to watch a man who, in 21 years' time, will do exactly the same thing. Right. Theme park ride attraction, sir. Next, we're saying there'll be something a wrestling gimmick based on Pirates of the Caribbean or something. <laughs> oh, such lunacy! No, anyway, Austin goes to see Too Cool, and none of them know where Rikishi is. We and need to address the Too Cool elephant in the room on this podcast. I'm sure others have discussed it. We haven't mentioned it yet. I feel like it's our right as journalists <laughs> um, to, to, to do that. So Scotty on Raw, Scotty Too Hotty, was asked by Mick Foley, hey, where were you on the night when all that stuff went on? He said, oh, we were out, me and Grandmaster and Rikishi, we were out partying. Now, Rikishi, the night Austin got run over, hadn't debuted. And, and wouldn't be associated with Too Cool until the tail end of that year, slash early 2000. Oh, that's right. He was still the dude with the cool shirt, sometimes teaming off even with this. Mm, exactly. And he'd, he'd done a couple of dark matches at this point, but he, hadn't de- he didn't debut on TV till the night after. Or well, I think it was the night after. He debuted on TV the night after Austin got run over. Well done for spotting that. Mm. Seems like a real obvious like misnomer there. Like, why would they? Yeah. Well, you can go back and watch them back then. So I guess. Uh-oh. That's true. Anyway, they go. Uh, Austin goes check up on them. Uh, Scotty White insists, "No, I don't know where he is. I haven't seen him, and no, he didn't mention anything about it." And he asks the same question to Brian Christopher, who goes like, "No, Daddy." <laughs> He says, the like, same, he says the same thing, but with arsehole turned up to 10. Yeah, basically. So uh, Austin then smacks Sexy. And usually I'd be like, Austin, that's not very nice. But after the way Sexy talked to him, I can see why he did. And am I right in thinking that in a weird little twist of fate, uh, 12 months from now, we will have another situation on SmackDown where Steve Austin gets in the face of Scotty Too Hotty and Scotty Too Hotty humbly backs down. He's smart. Uh, maybe I don't remember that, but I'm trying to think now, Tom. How would we could we have like a heel too cool? That's right, Daddy. You run him over, and if you're not careful, we'll run you over. <laughs> and then just dances in front of Austin. <laughs> and Austin too cool. cries. still dancing, still dancing, but like, yeah, we run him over. Too cool, too cool, and Rikishi dancing. We run over Austin, <laughs> we run over Austin to the left. To the right, to the left, to the right. Doing like the car driving motion. Yeah, we're doing a the car ring. dance. Yes. Do, do, do. This car ran over Austin. Do, do, do. do, do, do. do. The car belongs to me. <laughs> do, do, do. Kill Steve Austin. Do, 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 do. I'm going to be a champ. Whoa, we're driving to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, we killed Stone Cold Steve Austin. (laughs) (laughs) Gas break, honk. Gas break, honk. Honk, honk, kill. Gas, gas, gas. <laughs> All right, we're here to sit it in the car. I want you to show me if you can get a step on the gas. Step on oh, the gas. I'm going to make you a Botchamania intro when we're done. 
please do. Can't wait to see it. I've let's, got, let's do you know that. what? Let's it's annoying. I've got so much, I've got so many bits to do today. I've got another Desert Island Graps I have to edit before like the end of the day. Yeah, you need I've to got a Twitch stream to do <laughs> in about an hour from now. But oh, all I'm thinking now is everything needs to stop because I need to make this Botchamania outro <laughs> for Matthew. <laughs> step on the gas. And then you're going to say, then step on the brakes. Probably nothing. Step <laughs> yes! on the brakes. Yes! Step on the brakes. <laughs> So, what have you done? It's, it's Grandmaster's XA. Dance, 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 dance. Heel too cool would have been amazing during this time. It wouldn't have worked at all, but just the jokes. <laughs> Sex A talk about that's right. The white guy's keeping everybody down. <laughs> anyway, Val Venus is doing push-ups before his big main event title match with The Rock. White trousers, like- white shirts. <laughs> this is the real great white hope in wrestling right now. This is what they were hinting at on Raw. Val Venus getting a shot at the Aww. WWF title. No, white shirt, white trousers, and brown pants. <laughs> <laughs> I imagine this went something like this. Uh, fully The Rock is not up for defending the title tonight. The Rock is in such a, a bad mental state right now. After finding out Rikishi ran over Austin for him. Plus, I've got a gammy leg. I've got a bit of sniff on. Oh, Okay. Well, I'll let Val Venus though. I'm sure he'll be very disappointed. But whoa, it's against Val. Oh, <laughs> oh you know what? A few. Let me wait. Wipe the sweat from the the people's brow. Let me just take my socks off. Hang on. I was going to take two aspirin. I'll only need one. <laughs> let me take this, some lugs, and I'll be all right. <laughs> Both men head out, and then Kurt shows up. And says it's interesting how The Rock is claiming innocence after Rikishi said all the things he said. But then again, if they can find OJ Simpson innocent here in LA, then anything is possible. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I forgot Kurt was quite out there with his references. Uh, Rock goes after Kurt at the top of the ramp, but this allows Venus to, by God, get offense. More offense than all the matches he had against him in 99 combined. Venus chin locks The Rock a bit until The Rock recovers to give a double clothesline. They're both down. Steven Richards throws a title in, but Venus takes a rock bottom and kicks out a two. That what was amazing. The hell? I couldn't believe this. Uh, Ice Cream Man then nails The Rock with the title belt, but Rock kicks out of Chili McBalls. <laughs> rock then counters a crossbody into a roll-up for two. What is going on? before nailing Richards with a rock bottom and finishing Venus off with another rock bottom. Kurt then jumps the rock, assaults him with three angle slams, and then Steph slaps him to really rub into how powerful this alliance is. Rather like the alliance between England and Hong Kong. Uh, um, <laughs> what do you think of the match? Do you know what? Right. I, I know Val is our figure of fun for obvious reasons. This was this was a good main event. This was, this was like... F- I the it's so difficult to to dislike how the rock handles this business because he is so giving as a rest like compared to some of his um peers he's so giving as a champion like he gave a gave a competitive match with Val flipping Venus he gave us a moment where we thought Val was about to win the title a couple of times he let Val kick out of a rock bottom admittedly the ref was distracted for a while which allowed him time to recover but still kicking out at two of a rock bottom rock rock couldn't have done more for Val here rock really shined up Val Venus and fair play fair play 
Fair play. Yeah. You know what? It worked because it built towards Kurt versus Rock. Hello, Mercy. It gives <laughs> Venus a bit of a rub and, a, you know, he hasn't... Uh, a bit of... Oh, I don't do it anymore. <laughs> a quick rub and a squeezy squeezy. I apologise. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I'm politically correct now. <laughs> yeah. Hello, <Rock> genders. <laughs> Oof, I'm not touching that one with an ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's interesting to see these two men into politics. Uh, the Rock potentially running for a presidency one day and Val Venus reading the Wikipedia entry for Libertarian and being <laughs> fucking insane. They're the same Which thing, the same pretty thing. much. Yeah, same thing in nowadays. <laughs> Who we all can, it's all a dumpster fire. God is dead. <laughs> Oh, oh yes. there you go. Is that SmackDown? It certainly was. And we'll skip the bit. Matthew, what's something you forgot? No, sorry, but something you remembered, but I forgot that I remembered it, if that sounds right. <laughs> yes. That Val Venus kicked out of the rock bottom. And I it was such a weird flashback memory of me watching this going, Val Venus versus The Rock. Ugh. Like, you know, won the title change on SmackDown two weeks before the pay-per-view. <laughs> you know, like a stupid kid that I am. But then Val Venus kicking out the rock bottom. I remember going, what? Yeah, and I, I must have rewound it to go. No, hang on, what was that? The setup rock bottom, like Austin didn't kick out the rock bottom. Maybe not so, not so WrestleMania now. when he kicked out of all of them. You won't, you won't, um, <laughs> sorry, you won't be kicking out the rock bottom many time soon because you just won't take the bump. So, <laughs> so that was staggering to me. Uh, amazing, a pivotal moment of going, I can't believe that. So, is that your memory? I you remember Valve kicking out of the rock bottom? Yeah, nice. Um, I remember William Regal referring to Trish as a buxom wench with lovely <laughs> bristles, <laughs> which is a great line by Regal. Just, just, just like overly British William Regal is is a firm favourite of mine on this show. Um, what is something? You, what is something that you forgot from this show? How Eddie and China split up. Yeah, like that was this is the end of the line for them, isn't it? Yeah, it also kind of uh, merged together some of the stuff. So I was like, wait, wait, did they get together? And then she forgave him because they found him in the shower or stuff. There's so much getting together and forgiving and then getting together, then plotting Playboy that I forgot how it ended. And it turned out, uh, it turned out right to censor were right. They were dirty hoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, RTC did nothing wrong. Uh, for me, just to kind of reference it again, I'd completely forgotten about Val Venus's title match at all until I watched this. It completely evaded my memory. And on the road to No Mercy, Val being in the title picture for even just a couple of minutes was hilarious. And it showed you how close we came to Stephen Richards being part of the No Mercy timeline. What with Stephen Richards suddenly in the title picture, as he would be for WWF No Mercy, we kind of come close to that. I wonder if this is the week where they made the decision to swap out Big Show for Stephen Richards in No Mercy. Oh, they're near the top. That'll do. No Mercy watching this. No Mercy. So yeah, I was named the company. No Mercy Inc. <laughs> watching this and going, all right, well, you know, it's a four-way WrestleMania 2000. Big shows too. Big show too fat for game. Um, <laughs> why have I said that like that? Oh no, please cut that out. I'll cut that out. Fucking racist. Two thousand people. <laughs> this this show has made us quite racist. Hasn't it? <laughs> you know, because it was fucking funny to say it like yeah. that. That's why you. Yeah, uh, I can't say that like that. So. <laughs> So I'm cutting, out, <laughs> I'm cutting out the bit where you say "Big Show too fat for glame." <laughs> I didn't say that. I... Fucking prick. 
Oh, there's a bit on Game Grumps where they where they pretend to call Nintendo and they go, "Hi, I'm from Game Grumps." They go, "Game of Grump." Oh, sorry, Glame Glumps. Oh, Glame Glumps. <laughs> there's a whole bit they do. I'm thinking, oh. how is that all? Right? How are they all right? Leaving that up. It's we've cut all this bit out. Don't worry. Oh, that's it. all right. And I mean, I, was, I watched because I, I was I'm doing the the editing for the fucking um the commentator for AEW. He said something about Hikaru Shida and did you know the voice. So he's got fired from AEW this week. And I was like, oh, I'm going to use that with the South Park commentators. And I forgot that they did that that one episode early on when it was commentators just being offensive. And then they did the Chinese commentators making fun of Americans <laughs> and. I forgot how pretty that was. Here's my impression of an American. Oh, I really like that. That's good. <laughs> I will pay for that on my credit card. <laughs> and everyone goes, do you have any non-dairy creamer? <laughs> and then the final phase, y'all come back now, you hear? <laughs> I fucking mind. I forgot about all of them. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> right, okay. So that's those things that we forgot. We are 10 days removed in the timeline from No Mercy. Two weeks, to be exact, from No Mercy. Uh, I'm really excited to let you know, in two weeks' time, we'll be doing a watch-along of WWF No Mercy. And and I've roped in a friend of mine to come and help us with it, which I informed Matthew of just the other day. I even informed him of it just the other day. So I'm going to drop it in here now. Uh, I am delighted to be welcoming from the podcast Generation Animation, which looks at uh, cartoons throughout the years. Really, really clever guy when it comes to that sort of thing. Uh, massive wrestling fan as well. Dave Roberts from Generation Animation, part of the Fan Off Network. Dave has agreed to come with us. Me and Dave go back years. Like we, Before I joined Cultaholic, we did a, a little wrestling podcast together, which we'll talk about uh, during the No Mercy Watch on. But I'm dead excited for you to meet my mate, Dave Roberts. I think he is one of the coolest people. And I'm excited for you listening to meet Dave Roberts as well. If you don't know of his work at Generation Animation already, uh, you're going to fall in love with him in two weeks' time when we do our watch along of No Mercy. That'll be a lovely day, won't it? Yay. Yes. We'll do that the entire time until he leaves. Just just think, just think. Hi, Dave Roberts. Hey, it's a pleasure to be dig dig diggity dig diggity dog. Sarko. Bring it. Uh, and on that bombshell, he is at Matthew Gregg on Twitter. I'm at Tom Campbell on Twitter. <laughs> We're at Tom Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. This episode took so much editing. Please oh tip your waiters for this one. <laughs> Love you, pie. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 